some of his musical taste sucked. Billy Joel was my least favorite. You know, Billy Joel was the first concert I saw. Fuck, and Jonathan would come into the garage when I was working and he'd be like, what is this shit? How can you like this guy? You know, he got arrested and I'm like, what? And he, yeah, for loitering in front of a band. That's Billy Joel. But Joel used to listen to him all the time and Dancing Queen by ABBA. Oh, no. Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. From all about soul, way down to Zanzibar, it's still rock and roll, though we don't play no guitar. You rank them high, rank them low, you may be right, big man on Mulberry Street, here on Billy Joel A to Z. And welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. It's been 25 episodes since our last guest. We're extremely excited to get back into the groove and continue to interview folks who love Billy Joel as much as we do. Today's guest is no exception. He is a comedian by way of magic and has traveled all over the world as a comic and magician for years, working with the late amazing Jonathan. He is considered one of Australia's funniest and most exciting comedians, just like Alan and I are considered the funniest comedians on 52nd Street. <laughs> However, not just like Alan and I, he has performed at the Sydney Opera House. And tonight, I believe I have this right, he'll be working with the legendary Arge Barker, who I guess as high as he is, is killing it in Australia for some reason. At the, They'll be at the Palms at Crown Melbourne in South Bank and Friday and Saturday, August 12th and 13th. Uh, Joel will be by himself at the State Theater in Sydney, Australia. So he's got the big dates coming up. But of course, most people know him from winning his high school public speaking competition. I'm joking, of course. Please welcome our new friend and fellow Billy Joel enthusiast, zooming in from Australia, who was kind enough to wake up at 7 a.m. for this uh, ridiculousness. The very delightful Joel Osborne, everybody. Hello, Joel. Hello, Dave. Hello, Alan. Hey, I, I like how you. I like how you said seven a.m. Like as if like anyone who's got a normal job would be like, yeah, and. But for comedians, that's a big thing to get up at seven a.m., especially right. after and, being jet lagged after getting yes. just back from the states a day ago. And it's seven a.m. on a Saturday, so it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. It still sounds like a Billy Joel song. I, I was just going to say <laughs> it's seven a.m. on a Saturday. But yes, and you have a gig this evening too. So yeah, and last night. So it's uh yeah, I'm bookending it. You know, I haven't seen Arge Barker, and uh, you know, I saw the marijuana logs, and I knew those. Him oh yeah, and Doug yeah. Benson at that time. Uh, sure. I guess he just moved to Australia and is just killing it, huh? Y yeah, yeah. He's been building a following here for um, many years now, and yeah, he's uh, he's got a big following. You know, selling out theaters and everything I across. I think the I country. saw the marijuana logs in the late 90s early 2000s yeah right, right. it's funny yeah, he's... that he's big in australia because i saw him i remember him from flight of the concords which is new zealand yes they were jermaine and brett yeah but do you I guys mean, did... are is there like animosity between new zealand and australia or are you guys cool no no it's this kind of faux animosity you know that's uh that's kind of projected not really my dad's um actually new zealand he's from new zealand so you know i feel a, a, a somewhat connection to new zealand it's like yeah, new york well... new jersey it's like me and dave yeah but you know what, Billy <laughs> Billy feels a connection to New Zealand because he's coming out. He's actually, I'm in Melbourne at the moment, and Billy's coming out for one show 
in he hasn't been here since 2013 he's got one show coming up and it's like literally a five minute walk from where i am at the moment in december at the big cricket stadium and then he's just added in a show in new zealand as well isn't the cricket stadium in melbourne the big one yeah yeah in that's fact, where isn't i am it called the, mcg that's it uh yeah <laughs> so he always <laughs> has to perform at a place that's uh yeah. either mcg or msg and that's uh how it <laughs> I, goes I, with I, him. i'd like it if he was like dyslexic and he's like what the hell i thought this was like a 20 minute drive <laughs> exactly yeah he got really <laughs> confused like, oh flight. just another another msg show for me what the hell <laughs> right he's in that helicopter for a long it's like wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> i gotta find my tour manager Oh, that's so you're going to go in December? Um, no, I would love to. Have, I'm already booked that night. I, I was already onto it and like, yes, it's going to be great. And I looked up my tour schedule. And I'm like, God damn it. Oh, so no. and this is going to be the first time I've missed him in Australia. Like I, I've seen him practically every time he's been in Australia since the bridge tour in 1987. Well, we don't mention the bridge on this show, Joel. <laughs> I thought, uh, yeah. no. Uh, so let me just explain why uh, Joel's here. Now, we just met Joel and I and we fell in love. And uh, I saw his wife perform at this horrible, horrible magic show. But his <laughs> wife wasn't the reason it was horrible. That MC almost killed that nine-year-old girl. <laughs> um, you can hear all about That's that on right. the podcast. And uh, your wife was actually terrific. In fact, I was explaining one one of her tricks. I wasn't saying because you know I don't, I, was saying, I don't know how she does it, but yeah. it's, it was so funny. And it was really good, um, even though she was mean to me that night. But it's all right. I know she's going through a bad time. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> no, but Joel's the best. And we had a mutual friend that he was like, oh, you know, my friend Joel loves Billy Joel. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So just as a very quick uh, you know, thing about Joel is that he used to work for this comic that I never really cared for, uh, but certainly knew about him. When I was first starting in comedy, I mean, he was already kind of a living legend in comedy. His name is the amazing Jonathan. He was half comic, half magician, very much like Joel. And Joel, uh, like the way, you know, a kid would uh, growing up, it just saw him in concert one day. It was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. He was very mm -hmm. impressionable and just like called them up and, and they became lifelong friends, even though Joel was, you know, three and the amazing Jonathan was already 30. Uh, I think if this had happened in this day and age, this never could have happened. No, <laughs> like, you're right. Yeah. And let me just put a disclaimer. This wasn't any Michael Jackson, Kevin Spacey kind of <laughs> right, thing. Right. You know? John was just like a big kid himself. No, yes. There's nothing nothing like that. But it is there is a little awkwardness to it when the amazing Jonathan, who I guess at the time might have been in his late 30s, called you yeah. and said, come to America and hang out. And you're like 14 and your mom's like, yeah, no problem. I mean, it does sound a little like Michael Jackson. We know it's not that way. We know the amazing Jonathan was a great guy and we had his demons, but he was good and good to you. And, and, that, and, and you flourished because of his tutelage and yeah. formed an extremely big bond. Now here's the interesting thing is there's a, a wonderful documentary uh, that I, I don't, it, the amazing Jonathan just recently passed away. It's called Always Amazing, the true story of the life and death and return of the amazing Jonathan Joel's throughout the entire movie because I guess, Joel, you became his road manager even, uh, mm -hmm. you know, even just before the, there was a friendship. And then he's like, will you just be my manager? And then also like a really close friendship. I mean, just a, like best friends. So yeah. it's very difficult that this just happened to you. But uh, let me just, before you say anything, just in the documentary it's it's hilarious because uh the amazing jonathan says 
I love Joel so much that I was even willing to put up with his horrible musical taste. Have you ever heard of this guy, <laughs> Billy Joel? And, and it's so funny. It's apparently the amazing Jonathan hated Billy Joel, but Joel, that's all he was playing all the time when he was working, whether you were guys yeah. making tricks together in the garage, you yep. were playing Billy Joel. That was your first concert and you fell in love the way we did. And that is why you were on the show today. Yes. Yes. Well, that's, uh, it's so true. Like it was like this continual bane to Jonathan's existence that I'd always be playing Billy Joel, you know, and he'd, <laughs> like come into the garage, just, I'll be working on something, a new magic prop for him for the upcoming shows. He'd walk in and say stuff like, Hey, Joel, you hear Billy Joel got arrested. I'm like, what, he got arrested? He goes, yeah, for loitering in front of a band, that's fucking Billy Joel for you. And then just walk <laughs> back out. I would, and it would be crazy. Cause it would be like, you know, a day later we'd be driving in the car. Billy Joel's not even on the radio. And he just turned to me and goes, Really? Billy Joel? Motherfucker. Just keep on like, it's, it's worse than that. If I re remember correctly, didn't he pretend to commit suicide? Oh, yeah. And play yeah, a practical is... joke on you, a major practical joke with a body yeah. and blood in a room and a yeah. suicide note that just said, fuck you and your Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was if any if if you haven't seen the documentary, I, I I encourage everyone to watch. It was directed by um great comic Steve Byrne, um, executive produced by Bill Burr. And it's um yeah, it's a real it won a bunch of awards and stuff. I've but never anyway, heard of any of those comics, but yeah, uh, yeah. good for you. Yeah, yeah. And it was <laughs> it's um it's on YouTube. Just put in always amazing and, and you can see the whole story there yeah, unfold. It's, it's, it's really something else. It's very fascinating. It's, again, I I wasn't an actual fan of his, but I certainly knew, you know, he was already way established. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know who he is at this point, but you know, in but, the eighty late eighties and nineties, he was a sure. huge comic. I mean, really well, when, sure. I, when I was a kid, so I remember like the lounge lizard special and like, yes, when that was on comedy central, that was like the greatest thing, like 1995 or whatever year mm -hmm. it was like, mm -hmm. whenever I was like, Oh, the amazing Jonathan specials on. Cause they would replay that a lot. And, yeah. uh, and, and that was like the greatest thing. Well, Alana, I put you in the category with um, like Bill Burr and George Carlin, who just love Jonathan. So, um, you know, Dave, don't worry. But Alana, we know we know about Dave's you, taste, so it's okay. You know comedy, you know comedy. I don't understand why it didn't resonate for me. I like magic and I like comedy, so I, yeah, I don't do. know what happened with that guy. I think it's an underlining resentment from you, David, that he didn't like Billy Joel, and that's something you just can't get over. So Obviously, I, I knew understand. that very early on. <laughs> yeah, somehow you knew back in 1987. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I am sorry about you lost your friend. Um, so that that does that is horrible. But I'm glad that we were able to become friends. And yeah. it's just funny that you know, even in that documentary, you know, which obviously you you should send to me, and I watched it, and it was very very interesting that you, when you were just here that you were talking about Melbourne, you're talking about your dad and your obsession with your dad who left you like Billy Joel's dad. So no wonder you yeah. like Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah. And it was my dad that took me to see um, the amazing Jonathan for the first time. And that was like, you know, Jonathan became sort of what a father figure for me. And, and it was the first concert I ever went to that my dad took me to see Billy Joel. And it had one of those huge, like I'd never been in an arena before, you know, with 12,000 other people. And, and I don't know how my dad managed it, but he got like fourth row ticket tickets, like wow. you know, in the middle and the lights went down. And then, um, you know, I think, it, I, th I think it was like matter of trust that he opened the show with. But I, I believe just like that's massive. the case during that bridge tour. He was opening with a matter of trust, which again, yeah. we've talked about is a goddamn miracle of Billy Joel. The guy opens with his current hit. 
Yes. That's so rare. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's and, and I remember he did like Piano Man, maybe like three songs into the set. It was like, let's get this out of the way and then get into <laughs> everything else. And it was, uh, I, and he was like, this is back in the day when he was like jumping up on the piano and doing handstand flips off the piano, running up into the audience, like way up the back. I remember there was all these cables down the side or like sound cables to the side. So, and he starts climbing them like a monkey, you know, he's climbing and he's got the microphone, he's up there singing and he's like, wow, he's a, it's like watching, you know, he's like a gymnast up there. Was a, he was really just giving it at his all. In the 80s, he was a big showman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In trying. fact, that's what... I remember driving back after the show, my mum saying, you know, Billy Joel, he's a great musician, but he's also a great showman. Yeah, not so yeah. much anymore. Back then he was the gymnast. Now he's the pommel horse. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sometimes he gets up and he's like, well, I guess I can go to the microphone at this one. Right. He's like, oh, I got to stand. Okay, let's do this. The best well, I remember if you, if you didn't see the documentary, it's really funny because they show uh, pictures, obviously, of Joel as a young boy. And he looks exactly like you with Rudolph Giuliani. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I did. I have seen the documentary twice. And uh, yeah, I guess I see what Dave's saying. It was me at 12 with my hero, Rudolph Giuliani. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Rudolph Giuliani, he'll always be our hero. <laughs> yeah. I used to write Rudy Giuliani uh, letters. I would call him up in his hotel room. Yeah. yeah you, you, Thanks for saving us after 9 like 11. Yeah. Yeah. Just black tar hair dye <laughs> dripping down my face. <laughs> that's fantastic but it, it's so weird because he came out billy joel this was like 87 when i saw it so i was like eight years old and i see and I, i'm just blown away and then he came back like and did another tour and i in my mind i could not figure out like this is pre-internet i saw him again and i could not figure out what tour it was because it definitely wasn't the stormfront tour and he did he just do a one-off tour and it wasn't only until recently i just had a curiosity looked it up and he did a major encore tour here in australia wow. so he's like billy joel like from the get-go like from piano man he was always very popular here in australia australia really embraced him so he's always like you, you know come out here and done like a plethora of shows like Hold on, and, and every that tour. question about uh Turnstiles. Yeah, well, so we, uh, you know, we've noticed that when it comes to turnstiles, there's, first of all, there's a lot of press videos of from Australia because he was doing a lot of press in Australia ahead of turnstiles. So like there's great stuff from like 1975 with him yeah. and the Australian press. But really, like, why did they release James as a single in Australia? What were they thinking? Yeah, well, we, we know that's before but... your time, but we're yeah, curious yeah. if you have any information like is that an australian that? thing like oh the australians love this kind of music like real soft little piano ballads it's funny you said that because there's a friend of mine akmal who's um, a great comedian here in australia who you actually work with him you work with him a lot yeah yeah and, and actually yeah. his first national tour was opening for the amazing jonathan so when i was like oh. in my teens i first met akmal and saw him open for jonathan and then years later when uh, akmal's career took off i ended up opening for him wow and and I and sometimes I'll put Billy Joel on on when we're on tour, you know, driving from one town to the next. And the and the and his favorite song of Billy Joel is James. And, <laughs> and and now that I think about it, that's probably he heard that when he was a kid because it was played on the radio here so much. So um, yeah, that would have been. But why he um, why James? I don't know. Australians are backwards, you know. We're we're we're, <laughs> we're kind of we're, we're down under. We're upside down. The water goes the different way when you flush it. But you just described toilet, so. it perfectly because I know that akmal that's akmal am i pronouncing yeah, it right? yeah he's exactly my age so it would yeah. make a lot of sense that when he was 10 mm -hmm. james was released 
uh, and that would be his favorite song. That's there it yes. is, Alon. I mean, the, I guess it, Alon, it was you, you released got, there. I guess. Yeah. We've cracked the case. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. But, well, but it's, it's, weird, it's like, one of my so favorite songs too, and I'm not even uh, 87 years old or whatever. Yeah, but who says there. that? You know, whoever <laughs> says that while you're driving and be like, you know, what my favorite song is James. Because you want to show your street cred. You don't you want to say I love piano, man. You want to say I like one of these deep cuts. We know that. Yeah, you do. But no one will still ever say James. Yeah, (laughs) well, you you have to say that. Well, because like he's probably was crying. Well, you know, and then you were like, why are you crying at a Billy Joel song? And he had like, well, it's my favorite because it is pretty sad. Song is surprises. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny that you say, Joel, that you can't remember like the concert. It's funny. I, I can't remember certain things. I've seen him multiple times. And I get mixed up which tour it is, which album oh, it yeah. is. I, I don't know yeah. why I get so confused. It seems like if we're such fans, we would have it sure. completely in our memory banks. But I, I don't know. It, I, I guess sure. that's the it, thing I can't keep track of. Uh, other than that one concert, which was actually a bridge encore tour um, that he did, he came back to Australia. But I've seen like I've seen him eight times, I think live. Yeah, eight times live. And I just remember uh, th- th- there's like poignant points throughout my life of seeing those concerts. It's like Billy Joel's like literally like the soundtrack to my life, you know, all the way up to you, you know um, my wife Erica and the the night that we connected. It's like Billy Joel's like just played like there's been like a through line throughout my uh, throughout my uh, whole are life. Are you so, sure? Because <laughs> when you and I the first day we met, which was only like two weeks ago. We were talking about Billy Joel, and your wife came up like, "You guys aren't still talking about Billy Joel, are you?" <laughs> it seemed like she couldn't care less about Billy Joel, so I'm confused if she really was cares she, or doesn't care. I maybe know. she was upset because your wedding song was "Christmas in Fallujah." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that was that 2008 that he released that because I saw Billy yeah. in 2008 in in Sydney, and he was talking about that song. And oh, like, wow. well, well, yeah, yeah, actually, right. so. Only for Australia, it was released a live single version with him singing it versus that other guy who sang it on the official release. And it was, right. I think it was from probably that Sydney show that you saw. Yeah, yeah. That was the one concert that I let someone else get tickets for me. It was a friend. And he ended up getting me the worst. Like, he's like, don't worry, I got this. I'm getting online. I'm getting it right away. That were the worst tickets I've ever seen, Billy. Literally up the back in the rafters, the back row. But it, it, secretly, I'm thinking, is this theory going to work? Will his roadies come and pick me and take me down to the front? But... Of course, I wasn't an attractive well, twenty-year-old female. Right, if you were with yeah. your wife, then they <laughs> yeah. might have. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but it was um yeah it was interesting because Billy's like uh, he he there was a time when he was coming out to Australia in two two thousand and thirteen. Now he hadn't performed in like close to three years. One of the last concerts he did was the face to face tour that he was doing with with Elton, Elton. and. And it was interesting because I'm reading the articles, like these interviews with him leading up to it, and it wasn't him by himself. It was called a, it was called the Stone Music Festival, and now Stone was a film from the 70s, like 74, I think, here in Australia, which was like this independent, low-budget biker film about these biker outlaws. Stone is a trip. Why we're here, man, together. They live in a fortress by the sea. Vietnam veterans. With their own style of life. Their own rules. Their own religion. 
You think we're a pack of imbeciles, don't you? I'll kill you! Stone is different. Take the trip. And like no one even remembers the film. So I was like, really? They're making a whole film festival based around this movie. And for the first day of the festival, it was Van Halen and Aerosmith. And then Billy was the second night and headlining this massive, like it was in, in, in the, the um, football stadium. So he comes out, but I'm reading the interview and the headline of the article was he's considering retiring. And this concert that he was going to do was going to be the decider of whether he was going to retire or not. And he had just had hip surgery um, like a few years before. And he said, you know, no one wants to see, you know, an over the hill act going up on stage. And he's like, I don't even know if I still got it. This concert's going to tell me whether I've, you know, can still deliver. So I'm going into this thinking, my God, this might be the last time, you know, 2013 that I ever see Billy. And it was interesting watching him up there because you could tell he was a bit nervous. Like he, I remember he was introducing the entertainer and they're, they're leading into it. And he can't even remember the name of the the, the, the song. This song is, um, and you see, and I remember he's fumbling for the words and they get into the song and he starts, and he goes, whoa, whoa, stop, 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 stop. And he stops the whole song. And, and he goes, let's start this over again. This is the entertainer. And he gets, so you could see like he was <laughs> wow. kind of on the edge of his um, piano drum stool. The, it was like he was really giving it his all, really delivering with, um, like he was like, he wasn't calling in it at all and he was up there doing um we didn't start the fire and i see him moving his hand like this and he's like pointing at someone in the front going like this as in between the song and you can see he's kind of pissed off and then it gets to the end of the song he's like and he starts going this guy in the audience he goes <laughs> man do you, do you do you know how difficult this song is to rem remember the lyrics it's been so long since i performed and you keep on flashing this sign in front of me i can't like, i can't concentrate and he starts going this guy <laughs> in the front and then he like gets it out of his system so he's like anyway what what, what 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 did you want what are you trying to ask me here and so he was, you could tell he was very tense but it was he, he, but it was fantastic though, just seeing him sort of so much in the moment, trying to deliver a great concert, and and it was the concert was great. By the end of it, you know, everyone was blown away, and and it was interesting because after that, he then announced, you know, he's doing the residency at MSG in 2014, and it was like gave him that confidence to get back out there and you know mm. continue the the ma the major career, like the, almost the renaissance that he's had since that moment. You know? Yeah, oh, that's so interesting, and like you said. If he was considering retiring, we know for a fact he gave it the one more chance that he he would have retired. I don't think it would have been like the Who or anything like you know. We know he's like this is my last album, and uh, well, he wasn't kidding around. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might have seen the last concert if uh, if everybody didn't participate and make sure that he would continue and go on. Now we need to know what that sign said that that guy was holding up, and was it December <laughs> song? That, it had to be December throw... song. What else could distract him so much? <laughs> right. What else could it be but play December song that would distract Billy Joel? This is great because now that our, some of our listeners are starting to hold up signs that say December song at these shows, we, they might actually distract Billy Joel. We might actually reach this guy somehow. This is good well, intel. He, well, he uses the teleprompter nowadays. So, you know, I think you'll be all right with remembering the lyrics. Yeah, I do. So I finally saw the little teleprompter behind. I was wondering what he was waiting for. I mean, I don't I mean, Sting's been using it for years. I don't yeah, understand. Everyone. I mean, I know yeah. you sit yourself like, I don't understand. You wrote the song. But of course, when you write uh, 130 songs, I mean, and you're 70, 
<laughs> you know, you need a little help. Even when you're 50, you need help. It's uh, it's tough to remember lyrics. Sure. And uh, he's got the best one that's built into the piano like that too, into the yeah. shell of the, the the piano. And it's um, it, it must be a lot easier to tour nowadays with, with you know, the shell of a piano. Oh, absolutely. And- well, you've seen some of those videos where he's going through his huge book. Yes, and, you know, at, before at, they had the yeah laminated pages. Yeah, yeah. Well, at I the mean, master he, class, he's really good. Like yeah. you know, a lot of those serious XM ones that we sometimes pull from, where somebody's just asking him and he just kind of goes in. You can see his mind working, and he does eventually remember. It's amazing that he remembers most of it. Like even like I'm saying, a song like "Surprise" is only because we just did it. And he's sitting there going like, oh, yeah. And then he goes, it's like, it's amazing. The little ones that he never thinks about or never plays. And, you know, he yeah. still can remember them. But I guess that is the gift of, you know, what he has, which uh, is clearly, you know, it's a different mind than most people's. But yeah, and it's interesting, too, with that piano, like how he uses a Kurzweil digital keyboard in, in the shell of the piano. And we don't, how know, we tra- don't know what you're talking about. All right. Okay. No, yeah, tell so, us. So, don't give away the magic. <laughs> no, tell oh, us. No, you, oh, all right. Okay. Well, because because I was going to say that because you know, well, look for for the listeners that aren't aware that the, the transposing that he does on on each of the songs, and there was one clip where he gets the harmonica and he had, must have had it in the key of C as opposed to the key of like B flat, and he starts playing Piano Man. He's like, whoa, this is all way off, you know, with the with the, with the with the difference in the um in the key that that he plays it in. No, 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 wait. What are you saying about the piano that's in the piano? It's not a piano, but it's a piano within a piano? <laughs> the Kurzweil, his Kurzweil keyboard that he uses, and, and, and it's weighted keys on it, so it feels like a natural piano inside the piano, inside the shell of the piano. You're saying that the concert piano that we see in front of us is not an actual piano. It's an electric piano in a way. Is that is, I'm asking you? I'm, I don't are, know. Are you being facetious, or you? you no, you don't know I'm, I'm actually oh. asking you. Oh, 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 what, I, thought, I thought this was like an in secret that you. <laughs> no, and no, have. Like, Alana, don't tell us about right? This, I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I, he's not. You're saying he's not playing. No, he hasn't played like the piano real, that I have at my no, house. No, he hasn't played a real piano for for years. Like well, that's for, fascinating. Oh, I didn't know for, that for, for like for, for like the last like at least two decades. Yeah, well, we knew that, Dave, because that's why we know he plays in another key. And well, he plays the key as, as it should be, but no. then it gets transposed to a different key. Oh, you're saying oh. because it's all it's electric. They can do that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, no, yeah, I so, didn't. I didn't know that happened live. I know that David Rosenthal has been transposing the music. But I yeah. didn't realize he was playing the same and it gets transposed through an electric machine during a live concert. I had no idea that was a thing. That's you, if you look at if you look at the base of his piano, it's, uh, it's got it looks like a computer. There's all these chords coming out of it. And it's yeah, the whole. The, but everyone does like Elton does it like a lot. I, I've of, never um, heard about that before. I thought he was using a regular piano and it was just somehow nah. they put a microphone inside the. Uh, thing yeah. and well, up and, well, he, he used to do that back in the day, you know, because he used Steinway for some. But then like in the 80s, he used like a Baldwin piano. He used to um, right. tour with that. That's what I and, have. I mean, that's what most of yeah. us have. Yeah, and so he, so the Kurzweil one is um, the keyboard that he uses, and it's um, it's a really heavy, heavy keyboard too. Just for people that tour with it, you always hear how heavy the thing is. But it's got great action on it on the keys, and it's um, very sort of natural weighted keys. And so, yeah, it's a Kurzweil piano built into the um, oh, built into the I, shell of it. 
I did not know that. That's completely fascinating. So that so, so that's why when he was uh, on one of the um, master classes that he does, he's sitting down to play and he starts Piano Man, but he's clearly got like a, a harmonica that's in the in in the chord of C. So he's playing it. So the harmonica's out of whack with the with the keyboard, oh, and so that's why that's why he's like m- mucking around. And I think he's like a piano technician comes out and gives him the right uh, right harmonica to match the the key of the piano. Well, I didn't. I didn't know that at all. I'm. I'm just. Yeah, I've seen that one. It's funny. Kind of he he has some good jokes about it. I think. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. They, so, but but that maybe that's why Alani stopped doing. I go to extremes because remember then he would sit on the piano and maybe now it's so expensive. Uh, well, now no, but now he's lost some weight. He can go back to it. I think. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's in fighting form now, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like if he was to sit on the piano the way he was and and break the piano, I mean, this sounds like not only expensive but he could get screwed during the concert because there's so much electronic stuff going on. He'll look like he's almost lip syncing, you know, (laughs) you know, if he, for some reason can't seem to with all he can do in his magician, magician, uh, musician skills. It's funny that he can't play the transposed keys like that. He can't play the transposed music. Yeah. Yeah. That he doesn't play it in a different key. It's like, yeah, he goes, I've been playing it this way for, you know, 50 years, 40 plus years. I'll just, you know, transport. I wonder, I wonder if he told the, you know, his music that David Rosenthal, he's like, well, I'll just do it this way. And David Rosenthal was like, wait, you can't just do it. (laughs) Yeah. Just, just move like one foot over and you're good. That's it. Two inches, just two inches. He's like, yeah, "Yeah, I got a, you know, I got my clams in my pocket and I want to eat those and I don't have time to remember all this, you know, the the rest of the band, like, can you transpose this guitar? No, we get, so we got to do it the old fashioned way. Thanks Billy. (laughs) Joel, do you play music? Um, yeah, I, I do. Oh, you know, I, I play the guitar and, and piano and the, it, it's, it's funny because on the, on the night of, um, in 2018, I, um, did this thing in, uh, in Vegas called the Goddamn Comedy Jam. And it's basically where a bunch of, um, comedians are brought together. There's a backing band and you do like 10 minutes of your own material. And then you, um, talk about a song that means something to you. And then you perform the song in front of an audience. Oh, so, on, so on that night, I was on the lineup with um, Steve Byrne, uh, Amazing Jonathan, and um, and some other comics. And it was um, downtown Las Vegas. And uh, right before I go on, I said, oh, we've got a guest um, um, uh, coming on to just do a quick guest spot before you. He's not a comedian, but he, he can sing well. And then he's introduced, and it's one of the members of Boys to Men. So I'm like, what the hell? I got to follow like this Grammy old, and he like kills it, right? He he, he was doing that Journey song, um, uh, "Don't Stop Believing," and he and, and just knocks it out of the park. Wow. And um, I'm thinking, man, I got to follow this Grammy award winning bloody um, boys to men singer, and and I'm thinking, man. And so I go up there, I do the do, do the ten minutes, which went well, and then I talk about Jonathan hating because Jonathan was on after me, hating Billy Joel. And uh, so I, I talk about Billy Joel being the first concert I ever saw and how I'd just seen him at MSG with uh, our friend um, Vince. And I, um, they bring out the keyboard for me. I put on the harmonica and I, and I do Piano Man. And now I, didn't, I never knew what it was like to actually perform music in front of an audience. Everyone was up on their feet. They got their phones out, you know, the, the lighters out. They're all singing along. And I'm like, wow, this is what it feels like. And it even got to that point of the song where Billy would stop and let the audience sing Piano Man. Oh. And, and so I, I, I did that where I stopped. They did. They, they sung the chorus. Everyone's singing together. And then I turned to the drummer and the drummer, dun, 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 back into the song again. Oh, that's the whole awesome. band comes back in. 
And then I get off stage and I and jo- Jonathan rushes, like he's not backstage. I'm like, where is he? He's about to go. He rushes back from the audience backstage and he's like, holy fuck, man. That was incredible. And I was like, wow, like he's saying that about a Billy Joel song. So it must have, wow. must have resonated. And then in the audience that night was my uh, my wife who, um, lo- long story short, I met Erica back in 2006 back here in Australia and she was in a relationship. So, you know, I did the gentleman thing and bided my time for like 12 years, you know. <laughs> and then um, and then uh, that was the one night that we were both single and that's when, um, yeah, we hit it off that night and we've been together ever since. So, you know, Billy played uh, an important part that night in, uh, in, Absolutely. in, in my life. That's so good. And then it's funny because the next night you sang a different song and she was like, oh, you know what, maybe I made a mistake. Yeah, yeah, it was James. She was like, I don't know. <laughs> well, you don't understand in Australia. James is awesome. Yeah, Cullen is huge. You go, we're in America now, honey. Right. Is she Australian too? No, she's American. Oh, she's American. What are you, 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 you met her. I couldn't remember. <laughs> remember, I was so disenchanted. I. Uh... But, but you know, you, you know, you know what you know what I liked when when um when the first moment that Erica walked on stage, David, you lean over to me and you go, "Way to go, Joel." <laughs> well, she's ridiculously sexy and, you know, dresses really hot on stage. So, you know, who's not going to be okay with that? But uh, the, the thing is, I was thinking it's so funny, you know, after the show, a lot of we never think about this. And Joel, now you never think about this, but you just know from the past and working with Ms. Jonathan, there's so much luggage, you know, mm-hmm. trunks. I mean, thank God in this day and age, they're on wheels. But yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, no wonder she's stressed out. She's like, well, how are we going to get these to the car <laughs> in New York City? You know, remember, Alon, the place was right by the comedy cellar. So bringing a bunch of trunks, you know, through McDougal Street yeah. is completely stressful. And it was it was more, it was like three huge, big items that we both you and I ca- carried. We had to cut down yeah, the steps. We, we were the roadies. We can't roll yeah, them. Yeah. You guys yeah, were, we were the, the gay roadies. caballeros. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were the gay cavalieros. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, no, that's, been... that's why that's why I became a comedian. You know, it's like I, like when I started off doing like street performing on Venice Beach. You know, I had my trunk of stuff, but I always would lead it to getting a laugh. You know, that's what it was all about. You're getting but late. You was, said? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Just, exactly. Just, <laughs> <laughs> on Venice Beach. Yeah, yeah. All of this, um, all this stuff that I'd bring down. I was just like, you know, and after touring with Jonathan for so many years, like nine road cases. Just, I went. That's it. I'm just I'll give you. Just give me a microphone and spotlight. That's all. That's, it's got to be you know, so much easier. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. In a world of difference. Yeah. Well, I've seen your comedy. It's really good. It's really fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you actually live. I mean, I've seen it on the thing, but I like, you know, obviously the people you open for. Are, pretty cool and you open in big places and stuff like that so it's pretty exciting yeah. life you lead you get to travel a lot yeah yeah it's great it's um yeah it, it takes me all over the world and um you know brings me to the states and i actually i did a spot the night after i i saw you at the um the stand yeah and it was um yeah it was great fun i love it i love new york audiences you know they, they're very um you know if they like you they're, they're on board you know they, also they, they i feel like around. we have the same kind of humor because you just put out two instagram things that are the exact same thing and that makes me so happy it's like my favorite thing the repetition of doing it so you had the thing with the cold stone creamery and then the muffin and it's uh funny I think there's three time. of them now right oh there's three yeah, there's yeah, a third yeah. one yeah. In, in and out. <laughs> but in i was thinking program. damn i should have started this at the beginning of because i was in the states for over a month i should have started it was like in the last few days you know that i started and, doing that i'm like god if I it's it funny every time he's sitting there and some guy well i mean we know who it is but i'm just he always bumps in and and drops the thing but it's you know you know it's coming and it's still <laughs> funny every time it happens <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, you're just you're very charming anyway, so it doesn't really matter what would happen. Uh, you know, you're you're you know, you're a really you're a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, likewise, mate. Like that night that we were um, that we were out chatting, it was like we had we were, we fit like an hour's worth of conversation into like you, you know into that short period of time after the show because you yeah. know we're talking throughout the night. But I was just like, God, I just want to keep stay here and keep on talking. But I know, you know we I wanted had... to spend more time together. It's as gay as that sounds, but uh, you know, have a couple <laughs> of drinks and stuff. But your wife was ruining everything. Like, Where are you? Now it does sound gay. Well, <laughs> there wasn't this woman here. Maybe we could well, have There wasn't this time. beautiful woman interrupting us. Poor Erica was like surrounded by the worst music magicians you've ever seen at the Washington Square <laughs> Diner where guys like Joel can't. Poor Joel. He's got a hate here in the U.S. because first we went to a theater where the seats are made for leprechauns. And uh, then he went to the Washington Square Diner where they're made for even smaller people. Yeah. And it I mean, it's like you must think like, God, everybody in America must be really tiny. You just went to the two places where they're not made for men. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, like, that are the or, yeah. or girthy like myself. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think Henry Hudson designed that theater. <laughs> yeah. It was designed for guys like me and Billy Joel. It was designed for <laughs> five foot six, basically. Yeah. Uh, you're you're going to hate this, uh, Dave, but after, um, because we saw Billy Joel at MSG on the one night, then the next night we went and saw um, Springsteen on Broadway, where it's just him with a grand piano, acoustic guitar. But I tell you, it was a phenomenal concert. Like, you know, afterwards, Vince said, that was one of the most incredible theater experiences I've had. No, it was like, it was, we, we saw him on a night that was just like magic. Like I, I, it was like the stars aligned on that night. And I, I remember after that thinking, I would love to see Billy like that, just Billy and his piano. And I know he does it like with the master classes and um, the Q and A nights that he, that he does, but just seeing Billy sit down, tell stories about his life and, you know, with a grand piano and maybe an acoustic guitar, you know, he, 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 I think that would be fantastic. It would be fantastic. All we got is that stupid moving out show. And you're absolutely right. That's interesting that you mentioned that because so we put out a an episode where we talked about our experience at MSG and the residency. It, it just came out just before this one. You haven't heard it. OK. Yet. Oh, fantastic. And what one of the things we were talking about is that I said that Summer Highland Falls, I don't think works in that venue anymore in madison square mm. garden i think it's too an intimate a song and we were talking about it would be better if he played it at a right along like at a you know what do you say the where he's playing piano man was well, the executive room right yeah yeah <laughs> but of course he's never going to do that but what you're saying if he did a very intimate broadway show like springsteen was doing boy would that be terrific that would oh, be uh, another level another yeah. level like and, and it's funny you say that um bring bring it up with um summer highland falls which is my favorite billy song and there's a, a version that he did in, uh, it was A&E released a masterclass um, uh, university, you know, performance that he did. And it was um, in his own words, I think it was called, it was like 2001. I remember seeing it on A&E when I lived in the States and he does Summer Highland Falls on that. I think it's like the opening song that he does. And, and it's great, brilliant. You know, it's just him, grand piano, and he does it. And it's like just you don't need any more. Just no, Billy it's, and, and, it's and too grand intimate piano. a song to do at MSG. I think, I think because yeah. it's, it's my favorite song too. And I just don't think it works in a festive crowd like that. So Joel, when you were like first, before that first concert, were you st- like already kind of a Billy Joel fan or was it your dad just was like, Hey, I got these tickets. 
Yeah, well, I I, um, I remember my dad had some records of Billy Joel, so I, I listened to him and some tapes, and so I was familiar with, with some of his music. But seeing him live, though, that was like that was the game changer for me. I was like, I the energy in that in that arena that I saw him was just like uh, I'd never experienced anything. I was like, well, eight years old or something. So I'm. There I don't know. It sounds like, like uh, me, Joel, like you could have seen a Ku Klux Klan meeting and you would have been like, I love these guys. You're like anything that your mean, dad took you to, you were energy, all like all in. Yeah, but no, the difference is when you saw the amazing Jonathan, you started writing him letters and calling him up. You, did you ever feel as an eight-year-old, I'm going to start trying to call Billy Joel? And did oh, that's you? a great question. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. Um, <laughs> you busted him a lot. When, I, when, I, um, when he came out for the Stormfront tour, I was what, like 11, I think? Someone said, "You know, Billy Joel. He's staying at the Hyatt, the New Hyatt, because it was a big New Hyatt that they um, that they opened here in uh, in in Sydney, um, in Australia, and it was um, right opposite the um, the uh, Opera House. So it was a beautiful new hotel." And someone said, you know, he's staying. So I said to my mum, I got up one morning and said, I'm just going to go into the city, mum. I'm going to go meet Billy Joel. You know, when you're a kid, you have these grandiose <laughs> ideas that are not based in any reality. So I get on the bus, I take off into the city. I walk on down there and right there's this grass area right next to the, the hotel, which overlooks the Sydney Harbour. And across, I'm like, oh, wow. So I walk over there to have a look at the, the view out across the harbour. And I, this is honest to God, true story. I'm there looking across. And I turn and look. And Billy Joel standing next to me, and he's got he's got his black wayfarer sunnies on. It's like it's like just total Billy Joel, like you would expect him like to look. And I went, oh, oh, oh Billy, I'm a huge fan of yours. Can I get your autograph? And I had a pen and paper, you know, ready. And he's like, yeah, sure, kid. And he takes it. And then I notice walking towards just off to the side is this beautiful blonde with a little kid who's carrying an ice cream. And it's Christy Brinkley, right? And so she's walking towards us and his daughter, Alexa, is eating this ice cream. And I remember she dropped the ice cream and it splattered on the ground. And all these <laughs> like people your videos. Came... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all, these, all these people came running over to the help, like, because, you know, they're like looking out the corner of their eye. Like, oh, my God, it's Christy Brinkley, you know. And so they run over to help and Billy's like, we got to get out of here. And so he just takes off and, 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 and like, like that, they're gone. But then right before he left, he just went through the bit of paper in my hand and took it. And I was holding Billy Joel's signature in my hand afterwards. And I've still got that signature to this day. Wow. And, and, and it was like, like um, later that week, I went to the concert and he like looked up to the area that I, and I'm like, like a fucking jackass, like waving at him, like he's going to remember <laughs> me, the, the, the kid from, from outside the hotel. And, and yeah, so that was the one time that I, um, that I met Billy Joel. So it was. Uh, That's it was a just great like, way to meet him. That's perfect. Yeah, wow. Yeah, you met the yeah, whole so, family. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah. Christian and his daughter, and 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 then um. So yeah, that was like a very uh, and that was before I'd met Jonathan. So it was kind of like from that that kind of inspired me to go. Oh well, I'm going to go say hi to Jonathan outside his hotel. Little did I know Jonathan never got up before midday. You know, so I waited out there for the morning. He never appeared, so I just took mm -hmm. off. So because of Billy Joel, you thought it was so easy. Oh, I just go to yeah. these hotels and they'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like like as I say, you know, when you when you're a kid doing it, you know, it's endearing. But when you're an adult, it's stalking. You know, so but it's, it's not great. Really you went home. Your mother like so. Uh, what yeah. happened? You meet Billy Joel. He goes, "Yes, Hello. I got his autograph." My mother was <laughs> like, "Wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> that's great." Yeah, she yeah, must, so and that's why I guess that's why she let you go to America and work yeah. for this dude <laughs> like, yeah. eh, he'll but be Jonathan. all right he really seems to just get it yeah yeah 
Well, yeah. Joel, thank you so much. I mean, I can't believe you woke up early uh, for us because, you know, this time difference is insane. And after you also have jet lag and you just flew in. Yeah. And so we really appreciate you coming on to talk to us a little about everything. Yeah. And of course, Billy no, a real Joel pleasure. In general. No, yeah. no, it's great. Uh, I, I, as I say, you know, when I'm on, on tour, I'm listening to you guys, you know, so it's great to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was true, Alan. He was telling us all about the thing. I was like, oh, he actually does listen. I can't believe it. That, know, that's we really can't, nice we can't believe it. You know, when you're just talking alone, you don't think actually anybody's actually really listening. But it is great that you do and that you love Billy Joel as much as we do, or at least Alan does. Um, obviously, I don't <laughs> care for him that much, as you've grown to figure out. Uh, the only, as a tepid fan. <laughs> no, I do love him. No, but, you... Uh, you, you you, no, I, I can I can tell with you, Dave, that you do love him, that, and, and you know that you can be that honest about when you don't like one of his songs. You're like, eh. and and when you do, like you, you know, and like I said, you and I disagree on certain songs. That, but I like that. You know, you, we can't agree on everything. And, and and compared to the amazing Jonathan, you were like his ultimate fan. So yeah. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> right? So, but, but, uh, but anyway, the, you're going to be, uh, when this comes out, you will be performing on the 12th and 13th in Melbourne, right? It's yeah. 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 That's, um, that's, State uh, Theater. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So, somewhere I don't, I'm so jet lagged. I don't even know what my tour schedule is, but yes, I'll be, um, I'll be performing in, in, in Sydney, uh, next, uh, next month. Well, is it Melbourne or Sydney? It says Melbourne. No, in, 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 oh yeah. No, yeah. I'm in Melbourne at the moment. The State Theater Sydney. in Sydney, Australia. Yeah. Right. Melbourne, yeah. that'll be tonight. And nobody will be able to hear that. But if you do, and, if you are one of our listeners that lives in Australia, you can see him on the 12th and 13th of August. And I just got, and before I go, I just got a prediction to make. He, Billy's only coming out to Australia to do one show. And everyone's like, what the hell? Why would you come this far for one show? Now, he hasn't been here in 10 years. He's coming out. This is my prediction. He's coming out. He's doing the, the big um, stadium. And that's going to garner so much publicity so much um um great um word of mouth after that they're going to an announce like a national tour and he'll come back here and do the majors i that's my prediction you know a national tour of australia yeah and in, in saying a national tour it'll be I like stadium He's it'll very be sta lazy it'll be stadiums <laughs> in each um stadiums in each uh like he'll do the major he'll do sydney melbourne and uh because elton john was out here doing the farewell tour right and then he is now coming back to do encore farewell shows oh. and he's selling out like, you know, these stadiums out here. So I reckon this is going to be Billy's reintroduction to the Australian market. And then he's going to come back and do more. Well, you've heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Billy Joel, <laughs> Australian tour announced today on Billy Joel and, A to Z. <laughs> and this is one request I have for you too. Can you do your darndest to get Billy on this podcast? Well, obviously, that's our plan after Zanzibar that we would like to have Billy Joel on the podcast. Like that would be fantastic, you know. To, to that would be like the jewel, the 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 jewel in the crown for for the end of this. Uh, be all right. The end of this. Now, here's what we need, Joel. You get to hang out outside of different Hyatt hotels, and maybe you'll just happen to see Billy Joel standing there with Alexa eating ice cream, and then you can. Yeah, put we in a feel word like you us. could do a better job at that for us. Uh, all right, well, we I'll. I'll come back. I'll hire a boat. I'll take it into Oyster Bay and just like wait outside of his uh, his, his house. Ironically, that's yeah. the exact way to do it, Alon. Right? I mean, we it is. Just get yeah. a boat and hang around there. 
Yeah, <laughs> just hang out in Sag Harbor. He just sits on his on his uh, dock. Not a there. bad idea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with, with with a big banner on it, it's uh, the requesting this to send us on. <laughs> Why do those guys keep bothering me? <laughs> or just play it on loop and say we're going to stay here until you do the podcast. <laughs> we have to play it on loop because he has no idea what the song is. I'm sure right. of it. He has no recollection that like, he ever did this song. Why do they keep song? saying that? I never wrote anything called December song. <laughs> <laughs> But no, Joel, thank you so much for coming on today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Yes. And we will uh, be uh, having the uh, wrap-up for the letter S. And then, of course, moving on to the T's. All coming up on Billy Joel A to Z. See you next time, everybody. So now you've heard what they thought of that song. Famous last words This podcast ran too long Stories, jokes, your hosts were full of silly anecdotes And so it goes Another show about Billy Joe